So when I was in college, I, a classmate of mine asked me to play for her wedding. It was in a non-Catholic church, and so uh, I went, and uh, somehow during the rehearsal, the pastor found out that I was Catholic, and he wasn't happy about that. And then I don't know if Marla told him that, that I was thinking about going to the seminary, and then the temperature in the church really dropped. Uh, and it was very obvious that he was very uncomfortable. I was there, and he didn't care if I knew that. Well, you know, most of us have been in situations where we felt like we didn't belong when we were an outsider, uh, maybe in family gatherings, maybe hopefully not in church, but sometimes there, but times that we felt like we didn't belong, that we were outsiders. Well, as you heard in the introduction to Mass, all three readings this weekend are about outsiders, outsiders and Gentiles. Note, we're Gentiles, okay? The Jews were the chosen people for whom the message first came to. And so our ears should kind of prick up a little bit because of that, because uh, sometimes I think we get too settled in and kind of think we've arrived. You know, historically, in the United States, Catholics are kind of the new kids on the block. And there was a lot of fierce persecution of Catholics in this country, and frankly, it's the only one that's still an acceptable thing to do, is to bash Catholics. You wouldn't do that to any other religion or any other sect, but. People seem to get by with it because, uh, and maybe we don't do anything about it because we're comfortable, we've arrived, and we don't remember what our roots are. The first reading from the book of Prophet Isaiah is really an interesting point. And the Prophet Isaiah basically says, God says to the foreigners, if you love me and follow my, com my covenant, you're going to be with me. Now that's astounding news to those who think they're the only ones. It's kind of like when some of us were growing up and they thought the Catholics were the only ones who went to heaven and my good Lutheran father thought the Lutherans were the only ones that were getting to, going to heaven. A lot of people were going to be surprised in heaven, I think. Uh, the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord, ministering to him, loving his name and becoming his servants, will be acceptable on my altar. My house will be called a house of prayer for all peoples, for all peoples. And so it's easy for us sometimes as human beings, I think it's part of our original sinfulness, for us to separate and judge and slice and dice and decide who belongs and who doesn't. And if that's something that we're kind of comfortable with, then we probably are not gonna to go to heaven, we'll at least have a good long stay in purgatory until we kind of get our heads examined because Christ is all about bringing together, huh? And so it comes to us in this great gospel from Matthew today, uh, which really brings, I think, this to a head. So a couple things that are important to know about this gospel. This is, as far as I know, and the things that I've read, this is the only time Jesus was outside of Jewish territory. Now, that's significant. Only time he was outside of Jewish territory. So as he said, I was sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So what was he doing? in another territory, in this Canaanite territory. And really, the Canaanites were arch enemies of the Jews. And so what was going on? Well, scripture scholars say a couple of things. One is, he needed kind of a retreat. He needed to kind of be together with the disciples, and that wasn't going to happen in Jewish territory. There was too much going on. The scribes and the Pharisees were after him all the time. People knew too much about him. He needed to go someplace where nobody knew him, basically. And so he did that. But wouldn't you know that he couldn't get away from people knowing about him? 
And so he's not there very long, and a Canaanite woman, two no-nos, one is a woman coming to talk to him in public, and secondly, she was a Canaanite, have pity on me, son of David. Where'd she get that? She must have heard something about Jesus, because you just don't say that to people. Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter's tormented by a demon. And then the next couple lines that go on are the reason, one of the reasons that you and I need to study scripture. Because if we just went by what it said, Jesus said, we'd think Jesus was a snot. What happens? Jesus didn't say a word in answer to her. Here's this woman running up needing help. And pick it up now with those knucklehead disciples. They're embarrassed. They said, get her out of here. Get rid of her. She just keeps calling out to us. Get her out of here. To which Jesus says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That was true. I don't know if the woman appreciated hearing that, but it was true. And then came the confrontation. The woman came and did Jesus' homage, so she either came down and bowed down or got down on her feet and then said, Lord, help me, so he couldn't avoid her. And then comes the line, and I remember the first time that I heard this in church that I was paying attention. It was probably in junior high. It's not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. Now, in that culture, to, throw, to call somebody a dog was a supreme insult. Because most of the time that you're talking about dogs, they were savage beasts, almost like wolves that were running around. But if you look at the text, the word that was used for dog here was kunira, which is like your pet. Somebody that's important to you, okay? Not right to take the food of children and throw it to the dogs. And she was right there and she said, Please, Lord, for even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters. Ooh. Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done to you as you wish. Now, what's the teaching in this? What's, why is this? This is a very, very significant gospel in Jesus' ministry. This is why. Jesus showed that for the first time, the gospel is going to go out beyond the chosen people. He was in Cana, or Canaanite. And so no longer is it just the chosen few, the people who are on the inside. Not only was it proclaimed there, but he did a miracle for somebody who, according to the other people, didn't deserve it. So it's kind of like the same kinds of things in our contemporary culture when we look at people who we don't think belong and we say, get rid of them, they're causing us problems. I was sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. We need to take care of our own before we take care of anybody else. The same kinds of things back in Jesus' time were being said. Lord, help me. It's not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. We can't take care of our own people. What are we taking care of them for? This is exactly the same point. So what's Jesus' message? Consistent through the scriptures all along. There are no barriers. There is no division. And so if it exists in our world, it's our fault. Don't blame it on God. Don't blame it on the scriptures. It's our fault. Pure and square, right on our own shoulders.
And I think that sometimes we like to cloak it in a lot of other kinds of things, but if there's situations, whether it's in the church or politically or other kinds of things where we kind of have our, don't bother me with the facts kind of a thing, somehow you're going to have to square that with the message of the gospel someday. Someday you'll be standing before our good Lord and Savior who is kind and loving and accepting, and he'll say, now what about this? Division and you go well, but No buts No buts in heaven And so that's what we have to wrestle with that's why we need to go to church That's why we need to say our prayers because we need to work that out We all have seeds of that in our own selves. We all have those kinds of judgments that we make about people or situations But we have to rethink our approach I think that that's one of the things that people don't understand about Pope Francis. Some of his naysayers will say, ah, oh, he's just trying to change all the rules or get rid of anything. He isn't changing any rules. What he is changing is the way we approach people. Recently he said to a large gathering of youth, todos, todos, todos. Everyone, everyone, everyone. And we are all too quick to judge, divide, walk away, but, 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 no buts. No buts. One of the first things that Pope Francis said in his pontificate was, he described the church as a field hospital. Do you remember that? He said it was a field hospital, which meant it's a place that you bring the wounded, not the sleek and the strong and the perfect. If the sleek and the strong and the perfect were in the church this morning, it'd be empty. You wouldn't even have a priest. No, the wounded. And so he says if somebody comes in and they have blood squirting out of their neck, you don't say to them, well, that was really a stupid thing to do. What were you thinking? <laughs> you fix them. You patch them up. And later on, you say, can you kind of explain to me why you were hanging from that and this happened to you? If somebody comes in and they're having a heart attack, you don't say, well, you know, your cholesterol is really high. You've got to do something about that. No, you get the paddles out and you do what you need to do. And then later on, you talk to them about those things. But you and I like to do the other kinds of stuff first. We don't like to do the triage work. We like to do the judgmental work. All we need to do is look at Christ's life and see he never did that. So as we continue to pray uh, in these late summer days, uh, it's a great time for us to examine our consciences, particularly about barriers and walls that we have put up. Sometimes we verbalize them, sometimes they're only in our hearts or in our minds. They're thinkers, not sayers. But they're bad anyway. Okay, we need to think, what is Jesus saying to us about this? Paul said to us in the second reading today, Brothers and sisters, I'm speaking to you Gentiles. Remember, he wasn't a Gentile. And as much as I'm an apostle to the Gentiles, and I glory in my ministry so I can make my own people jealous. In other words, what are you talking about salvation to them for? Because it just belongs to us. Why? Because God delivered everyone that he might have mercy upon us all. All means everyone. Todos, todos, todos.